Let's talk some overlooked stocks. George Tillis has some movers that you missed in today's session. All right, enough Peloton, enough Netflix here for a second, George. Let's talk Vroom, DatChat, and Luminar Technologies. How about DatChat first? Uh, we've talked about this before, the uh, private and um, uh, secure social network, should we call it? A uh, social messaging app, if you will, or, or instant messaging app. Uh, but yes, it is It is essentially private in the sense that it's very unique uh, with blockchain technology. So the whole business model is associated with, if you want uh, blockchain encrypted uh, instant messaging apps, things like uh, like uh, like Facebook messaging uh, and, and that capacity, uh, this is uh, one of the companies that does so. It actually competes with a couple of private uh, companies as well. So it's the only publicly traded one that I could find that uses uh, IM technologies with blockchain encryption, which uh, is very unique and novel considering, of course, uh, OJ, if you use things like Snapchat or Facebook Messenger app, what you're basically doing is uh, sharing data with these companies in exchange for use of their services, where if you look at DatChat uh, and their technologies, you actually have to pay for those particular services. So it's not a freemium-based model like the other instant messaging apps that are used through social media platforms, but in exchange for that, you really get some true privacy. All right, uh, what about the stock, George? <laughs> $3.33, uh, long, uh, long decline here running. Uh, is today's news uh, that's got it up 11%, can it change that? Well, I, I don't think so, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, OJ. I mean, the stock is up about 50% of the last week, and uh, one of the things I did notice is, is that it did have about 50% share float interest that was short uh, about six months ago. It's down about 15%, so still highly shorted name, but I do think one of the challenges with the company is uh, essentially its scalability. I mean, overall, its market cap is quite large relative to sales. Uh, it does compete with some of the behemoths, like I mentioned, Facebook, uh, as one of their uh, their major competitors. Uh, blockchain technologies themselves have been challenged in this environment, especially new ones that aren't necessarily ubiquitous. But what we're seeing here is a, a company that's challenged from a scalability standpoint. I don't necessarily think a lot of folks are using this technology just yet, even though it's novel. It's more secular in nature. And right now, secular technologies, of course, are, are not really in favor. But overall, look, the, the company is making some headway in acquisitions. They, they recently purchased an IT security company called Avila Security, uh, and they're really looking for uh, the combination of their intellectual property and patents to meld them into, of course, uh, DatChats' technology. Now, the other thing is, is they, they eventually, and this is, I think, a primary catalyst that one has to do their own diligence and perhaps research to, to, uh, to figure more out, they're looking to sell um, uh, essentially subscriptions associated with sub, uh, smartphone plans. So this may be you know, a new technology associated with blockchain encrypted uh, cell phone technologies, which again uh, is really secure when it comes down to the encryption associated with blockchain technology. So there is value there, mm. but I think it comes down to the adoption of their technology as well as scalable architecture, which uh, it doesn't seem to have that right now. Okay. All right. So they're doing something with um, blockchain in a productive way that, um, I, I mean, again, uh, I guess it just uh, has to get more users or uh, for the stock yeah. to turn around. I mean, it just kind of looks like it's dead money right now, George. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, no, no doubt. I'm not going to placate anybody, OJ. The, the stock itself was up nicely today. It's going to push higher, you know, based upon news because of the small market cap. But let's, you know, this market is uh, is dangerous to say the least. So you're going to see, you know, big pops in a lot of these small cap stocks and then big drops. And we've seen that this week 
a couple of companies we talked about, like Vinco Ventures, I mean, it was down 20% the next day after we talked about it just because there's been so much momentum in a lot of these names. And, and again, uh, these are these are companies that uh, momentum traders are latching onto because they're sort of desperate. Uh, the market is, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, it's terrible right now. It's difficult to be a momentum trader when the momentum keeps pushing, uh, you know, prices to the downside. You know, even uh, even on days like today where you think that you get some reprieve based upon market conditions, which have been down since November, by the way, uh, and you don't. And, and the markets do uh, do uh, essentially. Slap you in the face, uh, so to speak, when it comes to uh, price action. All right. Uh, let's go over to uh, Vroom next, George. Pretty similar-looking chart up today. Did uh, traders here yeah. just try and catch falling knives? Because uh, I'm not seeing a lot of news flow on Vroom either. Yeah, look, Vroom, which is basically a, a Carvana-type company that competes with Carvana and Shift Technologies. There's actually three uh, major players in the space for e-commerce or online sales of used autos. Uh, too so many, George? Really generate revenue through auto sales. Does this chart tell I mean, us there's too many, that maybe Carvana just needs to buy Vroom? So, I'll explain. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, OJ. But generally speaking, markets develop in threes. Uh, and, and I think what we're seeing is essentially is an oligopoly developing here between Shift, Vroom, and Carvana. Carvana is down, I think, 50% over the last year, which is pretty bad. Uh, Vroom is down 80%, and that's really bad. And it's really a function of what's going on with the business. Now, all of these companies are struggling. Uh, you know, it's sort of be careful what you wish for, uh, and you want higher prices for autos. But one of the challenges this whole industry group is facing right now is procurement. Uh, I mean, it's really phenomenal to see, OJ. I, I've got a team. I'm looking for a, a car. New cars, you can't find them. And uh, used cars uh, of the same year of a new car, are, are, are priced higher than new cars because uh, resale price maintenance is basically what the manufacturers of new cars limit or cap prices at. So you're seeing used, used car prices higher than new cars, uh, and that's uh, that's very unusual. So the bottom line is is you have to consider what's going on with Vroom. The top line sales overall have been fantastic. I mean, they were up 177% year over year for last quarter reported earnings, but the challenge is, is operating losses. They're going in the wrong direction. And in fact, they worsened uh, year over year, whereas revenue improved year over year. So it's giving you an idea that somewhere in their business, either higher cost of goods sold, operating expenses uh, are increasing while revenues are increasing. So it's going in the wrong direction. So uh, one of the things about the used car market is, is it's not going away. It's actually going to be in higher demand going forward. Estimates are about 60% of the vehicles uh, in the marketplace will be three years or older, whereas in 2017, it was about 51%. So there's still demand for them. But I think Vroom is uh, basically structurally challenged from a margin standpoint. Uh, it doesn't have a balance sheet issue, but it does have plenty of, of, of cash burn. It's generating about $2.5 billion in revenue. Uh, it's burning about $500 million in cash. And, and one of the things I found out, and this is uh, sort of a rule of thumb, it's sort of an education here uh, point that I'll make, is the equity, uh, common equity sliver for Vroom is around a billion dollars, but they have $1.3 billion in cash, in cash equivalent. So, this is where this is an example where theoretically, and in, in actual practicality and practical terms, a stock can trade below its cash position. Now, what does that mean? It tells us right now that the company is expected to increase its cash burn, not necessarily decelerate its cash burn. So, again, there should be a theoretical floor at 1.3 billion, but it's actually trading below that. So, some would say that's an opportunity, uh, not necessarily an arbitrage opportunity because there is risk, but an opportunity. Maybe that's what KeyBank sees because uh, they're they're bottom fishing. 
they may have seen this as well. I just picked it up on the uh, on the balance sheet and the income statement. But uh, they've got a $13 price target, and I think they may be adjusting their price target associated with the fact that they may see a, a compression of uh, the equity relative to the cash and cash equivalents on their balance sheet. Okay. All right. So uh, we've been talking here today about how a frothy stocks from uh, the last couple of years uh, might, uh, you know, some of them might be in some serious dire straits. Uh, but uh, I would also say that uh, generally I think we might get more M&A in combos than uh, yeah. companies, you know, going belly up. It just seems like maybe we've got too many stocks, George. Well, yeah, I mean, there's tons of, you know, e-commerce stocks and growth stocks. And, and you're right. I, I think that overall, something will probably happen in this industry group. I don't see, you know, just based on the cash position of of, uh, of uh, room, for instance, there isn't sort of an imminent bankruptcy at all. I don't see a debt problem. And in fact, the revenue growth has been spectacular. What I see is essentially perhaps an inventory issue. They may have gotten caught with too much inventory that was high cost. In other words, they, they purchase a lot of cars in one quarter. They can't sell them until the next quarter. So they're having some inventory mismatches from quarter to quarter. Uh, the other thing is, is marketing expenses. They've got to compete with Carvana and Shift Technologies, which is small and up and coming, uh, which is, uh, I believe, out of Oregon. Uh, and, I, and I do see these three. Now, I've been shopping for cars, OJ, so I'm not endorsing these companies. But these are the three names or three companies that I see selling cars uh, very uh, in large scale. Uh, but overall, there's not necessarily, uh, you know, room for saying, no, there won't be acquisitions or M&A. There's potential for it. It all depends on if they can meet antitrust regulations. Carvana is the largest, the most scalable, uh, and the one that's closest to operational break-even, whereas Vroom and Shift are, are moving in the wrong direction. And I think overall, the balance sheet of Vroom looks compelling relative to the current equity sliver or price. Uh, but again, there is still some risk, especially with operating metrics moving in the wrong direction versus sales. Okay. Hey, George, real quick, you got one more on your radar. Laser yeah. Luminar. Uh, this is one of the companies that's uh, working on tech for driverless cars. Uh, just yeah. uh, real quickly, give us an update here. 11%, another uh, in, in, uh, attempt to pick up a falling knife or is there some news flow? It's another attempt, uh, picking okay. up the following up. There is some news on, on laser, which is basically luminar technologies. It essentially is uh, LIDAR technologies, light radar, which again is uh, is utilized for uh, for uh, driverless vehicles, auto braking, uh, you know, scanners, receivers, processing technology. Uh, their sensor technology is now being deployed and used by major automakers like Volvo uh, and Geely out of China. And today they announced uh, a, a partnership with Dahmer. And, and this is a positive news for the company but I will say this, look, you know, uh, type line sales are up 88% year over year. The market cap of the company is uh, about five and a half billion dollars and uh, they only made 22 million in sales last year. So, you know, doing the math, the forward estimates are about 45 million in sales for 2022. That's double last year, but compared to the, the current market capitalization, OJ, we're talking about 200 and plus times sales in terms of where price to sales is trading for the stock. It's very high. So you are getting a bounce today on the stock. I, I probably will see this fade. Uh, I, I'm not saying it will. Uh, just because of the nature of what's happening in this market, there is no appetite for uh, loss-making companies, despite the fact the partnerships are good. Revenue growth looks impressive, but uh, you know you have to think about R&D, deployment expenses, cost of goods sold, and, uh, and uh, uh, dilution. And that's just an overwhelming force that has put a lot of these stocks uh, down, uh, including their competitors, 
Velodyne, uh, which is down about 80%. And then the other two competitors, Google and Tesla, you know, they've got such large scalable businesses. Uh, they fared quite well this year relative to some of these growth centric uh, smaller players in the space. All right, GT, the man giving us uh, the reminder here of what these companies do and uh, which ones are susceptible to some dip buying attempts. Hey, even after the big index fade today, these held on to their gains, so some conviction in the rally. I think Luminar of all of them uh, looks like it's trying to find some support on price, so maybe there's some hope there. Uh, but the other two are going to need a lot more days like today uh, to turn the weakness around. Thanks, George, with the Overlook Stocks.